Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. And uh, so today I'm going to follow suit with that, and I'm going to deal with uh, the subject, another Jesus, another gospel, and another spirit. Uh, And I want to warn you before I preach today, that today I intend to preach the true message of Jesus Christ. And what I have found out about that message, it can be awfully offensive. So I'm going to stick to the red, and I'm going to say what he said. I was trying to think of one more that rhymed, but I couldn't come up with it. Uh, So uh, if you find it offensive, I want you to just kind of hold on to it and to realize I'm just preaching the message that Jesus preached. Uh, So let's start in the book of Matthew, chapter number 7, verses 13 and 14. Then we're going to go to the book of Luke, and then we're going to start a journey. Amen. Uh, There'll be no services here tonight, uh, but of course, like you said, there'll be services in this building Tuesday through Friday of next week that you can join up with. Uh, Matthew chapter number 7, verse number 13. I don't know how your Bible is or in your phone, but uh, in my Bible, everything that Jesus said is written in red. Uh, Jesus said these words in Matthew chapter number 7, verse number 13. Enter ye in the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. And this is why. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads to what? Which leads to life and few there be that find it. That's pretty radical, isn't it? Look in the book of Luke 13, beginning in verse number 22. Luke chapter number 13, verse number 22. I'm going to throw out a lot of scriptures today, so I really encourage you to write them down because I feel like there is a shift being made in the true preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I just want you to have a point of reference for that. Luke chapter number 13, verse 22 says, and this is, uh, it says, and he, meaning Jesus, went through the cities and villages teaching and journeying Toward Jerusalem. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? I need you to understand, he asked this question because he was hearing Jesus teach. And Jesus taught such a radical gospel of what it really looked like to be saved. And he had to ask the question, Lord, are there few that's going to be saved? And Jesus answered like this, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Because once the master of the house is risen up and has shut the door, and you begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, open up unto us. And he shall answer and say unto you, I do not know you. 
Then shall you begin to say, we have eaten and we have drunk in your presence and you taught in our streets. Jesus, you come by our church, remember? You come, you come held a revival for us. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. Some of your translations you're reading right now says, depart from me, you that were not loyal to me. There shall be, and now he gives you a glimpse of eternity. Next week, you're going to want to work really hard this week. I'm challenging this church right here in the middle of my scriptures. I'm challenging you, get on your phones, get on your text, and invite somebody into this building next week. Get somebody in this church next week. Next week, I'm going to pre- I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to preach, but you're going to want them here. There shall be weeping. He said, this is what's going to happen after the rapture. There's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you shall see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You, you, if you don't make it, you're going to be able to see. And you're going to be able to see Abraham. You're going to see all the founders of faith. All the way back to the beginning. You're going to see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. And you yourselves were thrust out. And you're going to see they're going to come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. And they shall sit down in the kingdom of God. Today I want to deal with the counterfeit kingdom of Satan versus the true kingdom of God. I want to hold them up side by side scripturally so we can all take a good glimpse of it. The word counterfeit, if you're note takers this morning, uh, what I said is I'm going to deal with the counterfeit kingdom of Satan versus the kingdom of God. And the word counterfeit means made an imitation of something else with intent to deceive. A counterfeit is something made in imitation, something almost like something else, but with the intent of deceiving you. Satan, whom the Bible identifies as the great deceiver, he works tirelessly to deceive the world by counterfeiting the things of God. If you're a Bible student very much, you you've already know this and you've, you've seen this and you've studied this. He counterfeited everything that God has and that God has done and that God will do. From the kingdom uh, to the Godhead to the Trinity. Uh, matter of fact, your Bible teaches that Satan will even counterfeit the Holy Trinity of God with a counterfeit Holy Trinity. That's in the book of Revelations, chapter number 20, 10, if you want to write that down. It's there that we see the devil, the beast, and the false prophet as they are cast into the lake of fire where they will be tormented day and night. That's the unholy trinity. Because you remember Satan's name was Lucifer. And Lucifer meant son of the morning. He was the angel of light. He was God's right hand man. And he got so proud he said, I'm going to be God. He said, I'm going to be like God. So to be like God, he had to have a son. And he had to have a spirit. Amen. And your Bible teaches you that the devil lifted himself up as God. He raised up his son who is the Antichrist. Your Bible calls him the son of destruction. And he had his false prophet which was his working of the spirit. 
So he had an unholy trinity that he imitates God so people will be deceived in the uh, great tribulation. And like I said, just as God has a holy son, Satan, who's playing God, has his unholy son called the Antichrist. Uh, Thessalonians describes him as the man of sin. And just like Christ has a holy bride, the church also is called the mother of us all by Paul in one of his epistles, right? Uh, uh, who will be without spot or wrinkle or any such thing shall the bride be when God, when Jesus comes to receive her. Well, if you've studied your Bible, you found out Satan has a counterfeit bride. He has a counterfeit bride slash church. You better hear me today, amen. Who is the mother of all the wicked. And she's identified in the book of Revelations as the great harlot. Amen. That we're not going to fool with this morning. But just like the church of Jesus Christ, the real church has apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. Amen. Well, Satan's counterfeit church also has false ministers. Oh, you better, you better nudge your neighbor and tell him you don't want to miss this. The Bible says, write it down in 2 Corinthians 11, 13, 14, 15. It says, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And he said, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. He said, therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, the ministers of Satan now, be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. And these ministers of Satan, these deceitful workers, if you will, disguised as ministers of righteousness, they're going to be preaching a counterfeit gospel. Are you with me? Peter said, these untaught and unstable deceivers will twist and misinterpret the scriptures to their own destruction. 2 Peter 3.17 says, Therefore, let me warn you, beloved, knowing these things beforehand, be on your guard so that you're not carried away by the error of unprincipled men who distort doctrine and fall from their own steadfastness. Paul said in the book of Galatians, chapter number one, verse number six, he said, I marvel at you, church, that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Paul said, I'm amazed that we're only into this thing 60 years, 70 years, maybe 120 years uh, when Paul was still a preaching. And he said, I'm so amazed that you're so soon moved away from the true gospel to another gospel. And he said in the next verse, which is really not another, but there be some that trouble you and who would pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. That word pervert means to change. It means to alter, to adapt, or to modify. And Paul went on to say, in other words, he's saying there's deceitful ministers out there and for their own selfish gain and because of popularity and because of money, they're taking the gospel and they're twisting it and they're adapting it to meet the needs of their congregation. They're adapting it to be relevant to the society we live in. 
Is anybody listening to me? He said, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached, you let that man be accursed. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 11 and 3, he said, I'm afraid that just like the serpent deceived Eve, that these deceiving preachers are going to corrupt your minds from your sincere, pure devotion to Jesus Christ and Christ alone. He said they're preaching, this is verse number four, they're preaching another Jesus and another gospel and another spirit. Oh, are you listening to me? He said, I'm afraid that just like Satan deceived Eve, that these fake preachers that are preaching a false gospel are going to deceive you. So I begin to wonder if we're if it's deceived like Eve was deceived, how was Eve deceived, Lukey? Well, didn't the devil step up and say, did God really mean what he said? Huh? Did he not? Did he not start twisting the scripture? Amen. You better shake your neighbor, tell him right now, and tell him, tell him, wake up. You gotta have to be careful. He said, because be, he said, I'm afraid for you. Paul's prophesying what's coming upon the church. He said, I'm afraid that these slick shoed, shiny head preachers in the name of Jesus. Amen. And they're gonna come and they're gonna start presenting another Jesus who does not require your full devotion. This Jesus does not require your full commitment. Somebody better pray for this pastor today. These preachers are going to say, oh, sin ain't nothing. Everybody sins every day. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. Jesus don't mind. God's going to understand. This is exactly how Eve was deceived. And Paul said, I'm afraid they're going to deceive you from your pure devotion to Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and, and as a matter of fact, I've got to pray that I make it through this. It, when the disciples asked Jesus, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the world. Two different events. The coming of the Lord and then the ends of the world. But the disciples sat down with him one time, Nick, and said, uh, Jesus, tell us what's it going to be like in the end times? What's going to be the sign of your coming? Well, Jesus answered them. He answered them in Matthew 24. He answered them in Mark 13. And he answered them in Luke 21. The same thing. And said these words, In the end times, deception will run rampant. So beware that you're not fooled. Amen. One of the, you know, we always talk about wars and rumors of wars and hurricanes and tornadoes, which I think we got two of them knocking on our door out there. Amen. We always preach on all of these pestilences and diseases. Amen. But when Jesus asked, he said, the number one thing you better beware of as this thing starts wrapping up, if you will, ever how long that takes, I don't know. He said, deception is going to run rampant. So you're going to have to not just read your Bible. You're going to have to know your Bible. You, you, it's not going to be safe just to go and hear your preacher preach about Jesus. You're going to have to know Jesus because Satan's going to come in. Amen. Uh, you parents are really going to understand this. Amen. Or it's what I do as a grandparent and my grandbabies is over and they're, of course, they're getting a little too big for me to fool them anymore. But anyway, and they got something uh, that I really don't want them playing with. Amen. But, but you don't walk up to that little kid and jerk that thing out of his hand. 
I don't guess, or do you? <laughs> but uh, I can tell by Courtney's eye. Yes, I do. Amen. But, but just so you don't stir them up, though, just because you don't make them cry, I can't stand to see them cry. So, when, so you don't want to make them cry, so you have something else in hand. So you jerk that out, and you place that in, and before they know it, they've quit playing with that and playing with this. That's what Paul is saying. In the last days, slick preachers uh, who can quote a few scriptures uh, are going to jerk Jesus out of your hand and they're going to give you another Jesus. uh, And if you don't know any better, you're going to keep playing with something uh, who... Oh my God, y'all got to pray for me. He said... At that time, deception will come. And, 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 no, and hear me, I don't care how saved you are, how full of the Holy Ghost you are, there's a scripture in your Bible says, if that time is not shortened, even the very elect could be deceived. You can't afford to not know. He said, in the last days, deception's going to run rampant. He said, beware that you are not fooled. The word beware means to be cautious and alert to the dangers of. Jesus was saying, beware, be cautious and alert, lest Satan deceive you like he did Eve. They're going to come, he said, and it'll be another gospel. And it'll be so much like the true gospel that if you're not spiritual, you're going to bite it. And if there's any evil heart of unbelief in you, and if there's any desire to fulfill the lust of the flesh, you're going to welcome it. You're going to say yes. That's the gospel I want because it allows me to play with this and it allows me to play with that and it allows me to have lovers outside of Jesus. It allows me, amen. God, I need some elders praying for me. It allows me, amen, to succumb to my weaknesses, but I can still claim that I have Jesus, amen. God spoke to me and said, you will become like the God you worship. You will become like the Jesus you pay attention to. And when we worship a holy God, we become holy as he is holy. But when we have another Jesus that is a compromising Jesus and we devote our time to a compromising Jesus, we become a compromising church. Jesus said people will be so deceived and self-centered that the true gospel will be an offense to them. That's Matthew 24, 10. I'm sticking to the Bible. (laughs) Matthew 24, 10. This is written in red. Jesus said, and at that time, many will be offended and repelled from their association with me. Many will be offended and repelled, pushed away from me. He said, and will fall away from the one in whom they should put their trust in. He said, many false prophets will appear and mislead many. Because lawlessness is increased and the love of most people is going to grow cold. Jesus was saying in the last days, people will grow so cold as it relates to their love and their devotion to Christ that the word will become offensive to them. And they'll repel it away from them instead of being convicted and fall away from the truth of the gospel. 
Why? Because a cold, hardened heart is the gateway to compromise. And compromising people demand a compromising gospel. Oh, y'all so quiet. I said a compromising people demand. They require a compromising gospel. And Paul warned us and said, there's going to be many preachers who will accommodate and, and, and this deceived church and they will pervert the gospel. They will alter its content. They will modify it to adapt to the lifestyles of the new te- uh, 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 the 21st century believers. Amen. They will start altering the word so it won't be as offensive as when Jesus presented it. Amen. They'll be careful how they word things. Amen. Lest it make you uncomfortable and you find another church or pull your ties out of the church. It's life church in this building today. Amen. He said, he said that's, that, they're going to preach a gospel that is so self-centered it allows you to hold on to self and selfishness and your way and your will. He said, beware, because it's another Jesus. And it's another gospel. And it's another spirit. Paul knew it would come, so he gave us warning, Ricky. He, he, He knew it would come, so he told his successors in 2 Timothy. He said, preach the word. Stand on the word no matter what. Rise to the occasion and preach when it's convenient and when it's not. Preach it in the full expression of the Holy Spirit with wisdom and patience as you instruct and teach the people. He said, for the time is coming when they will no longer listen and respond to the healing words of truth because they will become selfish and proud. He said, they're going to seek out teachers with soothing words that line up with their desires saying just what they want to hear. Verse number four, they will close their ears to the truth and believe nothing but fables and myths. In other words, they're going to turn to those or they're going to turn from those who are boldly declaring the truth of God's word. Amen. They're going to turn to those who will preach a false gospel that condones their own desires and their own lust. These deceivers are going to create another Jesus. They're going to create another gospel. I'm telling you, I'm preaching the world we're living in today. Amen. They're going to, pre- they're, they're going to preach it with another spirit. And it's all inclusive. It's t- totally tolerant of anything and everything. It demands nothing. It demands no change. As a matter of fact, they're going to take the gospel and change it so you don't have to. I'm just telling you what Paul said. He said they'll pervert the word, meaning alter it to fit your lifestyle. Because conviction is no longer acceptable in the house of God. Amen. We we don't want a preacher to preach the truth. We want a cheerleader to cheer us on in our dysfunction. Well, I'm on my own today. Help me, Holy Ghost. I knew they wasn't going to like it. Well, today, I want to preach to you the message of Jesus Christ. I said today, I want to introduce you to the real Jesus Christ. 
be careful before you get too excited. Today, I want to preach the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And today, I want to present it with the real spirit of the Holy Spirit of God. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, Jesus began to preach in Matthew chapter number 10, verse number 37. He that loves your father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. I told you, Jesus will offend you. I'm going to say that again now. Jesus began to preach and said, You that loves your mama name more than you love me, you are not worthy of me. And he that loves his son or his daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And he that finds his life shall lose it. And he that loses his life for my sake, he's going to find it. This is the message of Jesus Christ. He began to preach in Luke chapter number 14. Write it down. Verse number 25. It says, and massive crowds followed Jesus. And he turned to them and said, when you follow me as my disciples, you must put aside your father. You must put aside your mother. You must put aside your wife. You must put aside your sisters, uh, your brothers. Yes, he said, and you'll even seem as though you hate your own life. And then he said these words, this is the price you'll pay to be considered one of my followers. Amen. I need you to tell you your neighbor, it costs more than you thought. Oh, I just need you to help me. Tell your neighbor, it costs more than you thought to follow Jesus. And he didn't stop preaching there, but he went on to say, and anyone who comes to me must be willing to share my cross and experience it as his own, or he cannot be my disciple. So don't follow me. I'm reading out of your Bible. So don't follow me without considering what it will cost you. For who would build a house without sitting down first to estimate the cost? He said, likewise, unless you surrender all to me, giving up all you possess, you cannot be one of my disciples. It's amazing to me when I begin to study the cannots. Jesus had more cannots of reasons you couldn't be saved than he did reasons you could be. I said, where, where did we miss it? We preached an all-inclusive gospel to where Amen. Anything is included. Everything is included. And it don't cost you nothing. And as a result, we've presented a gospel. Amen. That is not the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me give you some more. And as a result, no wonder Luke said, Luke 13, 23, Lord, are there few that be saved? And Jesus said unto him, strive. To enter at the straight gate. Strive. Lord, when you're preaching a gospel, amen, that costs so much, who, are there few people going to be saved? And his response was, strive to enter in at the straight gate. He said, because many are going to want to after the door is shut. 
He said, many are going to want to, but will not be, will, will not be able because the master's going to shut the door. And he said, when the shuts the door, you're going to be left outside and you're going to be beating on that door saying, let us in. Let us in. And he said, when that happens, I'm going to speak to you and say, I can't let you in. I never even knew you. <laughs> what do you mean you didn't never know me? They said, you, we ate with you. We heard you teach. You come by my church and preached. Well, what do you mean you don't know me? I read your Bible. Amen. I, I, I knew Jesus. No, no, he said you knew a Jesus. But you didn't know the Jesus. Amen. And he said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. So he defined their problem. He said, depart from me because you weren't loyal to me. Amen. You, you weren't loyal to me. But we were told we didn't have to be loyal to you. We were preached that we could live like we wanted to live. And I was covered by the grace. God, somebody pray for me. I'm just telling you what Jesus said. Amen. He said, he said you better strive to enter in because when that door shuts, you're going to be knocking. Amen. And Jesus is going to say, depart from me. Amen. Because you kept practicing your stuff and holding on to some Jesus. Amen. And he went on to say... <laughs> Oh my God, are y'all okay this morning? And he went on to say, he said, but when you see there's going to be gnashing and there's going to, of teeth, there's going to be wailing, that's the torment that men and women are going to experience in hell. And I didn't realize it like I do now reading these scriptures, Kabbalah. He said, wow, you're in such torment in hell because you served a compromising Jesus. You listened to a compromising gospel and that spirit you was feeling wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was a fleshly spirit. Amen. He said, you're going to see Abraham. You're going to see Jacob. You're going to see Isaac. You're going to see all the prophets and all the the forefathers, and you're going to see everyone gathering. He said, and at that time, multitudes are going to be saying, I want in. Multitudes are going to be saying, okay, I'm ready now. I want to serve God. So he said, knowing that, strive to get in. This salvation is not going to sound like any salvation you've ever heard preached. Because the word strive comes from a Greek word. It's where we get our word agonize. Huh? Huh? Just, just, just pull it up on your phone. It means to agonize. It means to struggle, to fight, to labor fervently, to put forth every effort. He said strive, knowing that when that door is shut, he said, put forth every effort to get into this kingdom before that door is shut. Amen. He said, fight, labor, do whatever you have to do to get in this kingdom. Amen. He said, strive to enter in at the straight gate. That word straight comes from a Greek word where we get uh, strenuous. It means Narrow from obstacles standing close by. It's a narrow way because there's so many obstacles standing close by. So he is now drawing a picture of what it looks like to get into the kingdom of heaven. 
He said, you're going to have to strive. You're going to have to fight. You're going to fight God. He provided salvation for you. You ain't fighting Jesus or the Holy Spirit. He provided it for you. What you're fighting is you. What you're fighting is the flesh. What you're fighting is the devil. You got all these obstacles, amen, that are trying to squeeze you away from the kingdom. He said, so you got to have a made up mind when it comes time to get in this kingdom because you're going to have to fight through your will. Is anybody listening to me? You're going to have to fight through your old desires. You're going to have to fight through every lie of the enemy. Amen. What? (laughs) You're you're going to have to push. My God. It reminds me of the scriptures. (laughs) Somebody say, settle down, pastor. Listen, Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Enter you at the straight gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads to life. And few there be that find it. He said, enter at the straight gate. Amen. Because wide is the gate that leads to destruction. He said, it's an easy way to hell. It's a broad way to hell. It's a wide way to hell. Amen. Because I can do what I want, when I want, how I want, where I want. And he said, I'm telling you, many are going to go that way. He said, but you, the the, the way that leads to life, it's a narrow way. It's a disciplined way. It's a crucified way. It's a self-denying way. And I begin to pray, God, why would, when we're so selfish, why would we want to go through so much trouble to get into the kingdom when it's so much easier to go the other way? He said, because this way leads to life. Are you listening to me? It's the way that leads to life. It's the way that leads to freedom. It's the way that leads to an eternity with God. Is anybody listening to me? It's a way. So it's worth fighting for. Listen to scripture. He said it, it makes it all worthwhile. He said in Matthew 11 and 12, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. And the violent take it by force. Do you know what that scripture means? The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. It's the same scripture in Luke 16, 16. It says the law and the prophets were until John. But since that time the kingdom is preached. And every man presses into it. Well, the word press is the same word as violent. And it actually means to force, to crowd myself into. It means to push my way into. So when he says the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, it means there is a violent attempt to get into this kingdom. There is a violent push a force, amen, to get into this kingdom, amen. Violence to what? 
Violence to what when it's free? Violence to what when Jesus paid the price that I could be saved? Amen. May I submit to you, it's the most violent move you will ever make because it's forsaken one life to take on another life. Amen. It's forsaken my will. Is anybody listening to me? I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's going to take violent people to get into this kingdom to say, I want God's will over my will. I want God's way over my way and I am willing I'm willing to struggle I'm willing to fight my God if we ever get this thing preached right amen and people get saved right and really saved you understand it was a battle from the beginning Anytime I can nonchalantly walk up and shake a preacher's hand and get my name on the roll, amen, and it not cost me anything, amen. He said, it's another Jesus, it's another gospel, and it's another spirit. He said, salvation looks like you pushing yourself out of you, out of your will, out of your way. My God, is anybody hearing me preach today? Amen. Saying, I surrender all. Every relationship becomes second now. Huh? Is anybody seeing the press now? Is anybody seeing the press? See, this gospel's not preached. People don't even know what they're getting into. Matter of fact, Jesus said, hold it. You got to count the cost before you come up here because it's going to cost you a life laid down to receive an eternal life of Jesus Christ. He said, it's a, a violent entry and the violent ones take it by force. Those who are violently wanting to have eternal life will take this thing by force. And he said, oh, it's not something you're trying to snatch out of the hands of God because he gave his son that you could receive it but you're violently going to assault your flesh. I told you his gospel is offensive, ain't it? You're going to violently assault your way of thinking, your own mindsets, Amen. And the only thing that will motivate you to fight so hard is to know, yes, it's easier to do the wrong. It's easier to go that way. It's easier to submit to my fleshly inclinations. But that road leads to destruction. And this narrow road leads to eternal life. And I, me, you, everybody on this planet is going to stand before God and give an account for what I did do and what I did not do. Is anybody in this building? Amen. And when we stand before God, I promise you, it's going to be worth the fight to get into this kingdom. He said, I mean, Jesus, he just said stuff and I just, you ever, you ever be in a conversation, you got somebody with you and they say something, you know, especially husbands and wives do this. You'll say something really forward and she'll try to be your commentator. Well, what he really meant was, does that happen to anybody else? <laughs> you know, what he really meant was, I find out when I'm preaching Jesus, I want to try to say, well, what he really meant was, you know, when he preached, hey, you lustful joker, 
If your right eye is lusting, go ahead and pluck it out because you'd be better to go to heaven blind than to hell seeing good. <laughs> just, that's what Jesus said. It makes me want to come behind. Well, he didn't really mean that. He meant, <laughs> he meant just be careful what you're looking at and do the best you can, you know, a little. Uh, he said, if you keep getting a hold to and keep doing things you ain't supposed to be doing, Jesus said, go ahead and cut your right hand off because you'd be a lot better to go to heaven like this. <laughs> Amen. Than go to hell with both hands. Somebody tell your neighbor, he's talking about Jesus. Now don't leave. Don't walk out. He's preaching Jesus. Amen. Huh? Oh, I got another one for you. The rich young ruler. I'd have wanted him in my church. This was a man of influence. I bet his ties was crazy. And he come up to Jesus and said, what must I do to be saved? <laughs> well, Jesus said, okay, number one, you quit your stealing. <laughs> uh, this is in your Bible. Quit your lying. Uh, oh, yeah, don't commit adultery. Now, wait a minute. You have got too many rules for me to join your church. Jesus never went to a growth church ceremony. I meant a seminary. Conference. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie. And all you, all you kids, listen to me. If you're going to be born again, he said you got to honor your mother and father. You'll go to hell for dishonor. You ain't never going to hear it no more straighter than that. <laughs> uh, or that's what Jesus said. Uh, he said, if you want eternal life, quit stealing, quit committing adultery. Quit lying and honor your mother and father. And that religious dude said, yep, I nailed it. Done it. Jesus, I'm in. Huh? You got to be careful just because you read your Bible. You pay your tithes. Hey, listen to me. And you obey them big laws, them big no-nos without an, uh, an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Because after he went through all the religious obligations and duties, which words we can't use in the church anymore, that it's your duty. <laughs> Amen. He went through all that and he was patting himself on the back saying, I'm just as good as the rest of them. And Jesus said, oh yeah, by the way, go sell everything you got, give it to the poor. Amen. And you shall have eternal life. And that young man dropped his head, walked off. Amen. And didn't stop till he got to the gates of hell. Is anybody listening to me? In other words, he started dealing with, okay, you're full of religious activity. Now let's deal with where your heart is. I'm talking about a true salvation. Amen. Coming to church, reading your Bible, having a devotional, doing a prayer time, he said, don't mean nothing. I want to know, are you willing, amen, to lose everything for the cause of Jesus Christ? Amen. We got people in churches right now that will not even give up immoral relationships for Jesus Christ. I'm just going to preach this morning. Amen. They're going to play. You're going to play. <laughs> do what they want to do and come get a little bit of Jesus like this little bit of Jesus is going to get you to heaven. And Jesus said, it's going to take a violent man to take this kingdom because it's doing violence to myself. Wow. God gave me a... Are y'all still okay? hanging there with me, y'all. God gave us an Old Testament picture of what New Testament salvation looks like. And it's when Jacob wrestled all night long. 
He wrestled all night long. It's an, it's an Old Testament picture of a New Testament salvation. Only difference is he wrestled with God in the Old Testament. We don't wrestle with God. He gave us this great gift. Who I'm wrestling with is me. Somebody ought to say amen. It's me I'm wrestling with. It's my inclinations to go the wrong way that I'm wrestling with that makes me have to strive. Y'all break that word down. It actually means to contend with someone like you're in a sport saying, I'm going to win this battle no matter what because I want eternal life. If you don't teach this stuff, people get saved and then go into a little battle and think I'm not saved. When Jesus said, it's the violent ones who hold on to eternal life. It's like a fight in a wrestling match. Jacob was wrestling with God all night long. Jacob's name meant I'm a thief. I'm a liar. His name meant thief and liar. And he just wrestled. He got tired of being who he was. So he fought. And he fought. I can tell you it's a picture of salvation because before the wrestling started, he sent his wife and all of his stuff, he pushed it across the river. He gave up everything. Oh my God, I'm t- some of y'all are wrestling with this message. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, he, he, he left everything. Jesus stood in the New Testament and said, unless I'm before your mother and your father and your son and your daughter, you're not even worthy to be. My disciple, he left everything aside and he began to wrestle. He began to wrestle with God, with the angel of God. Amen. And the sun was coming up in the morning and the angel said, you got to let me go. <laughs> Amen. But you, what, what did Jacob say? I ain't letting you go. I ain't letting you go till you bless me. I'm going to wrestle till you change me. I'm going to push until I'm not who I used to be. I'm going <laughs> to... Amen. Don't never let nobody preach you a gospel who says this wrestling match does not. (laughs) Amen. It's affecting you right now and you've been saved 20 years. Amen. Amen. You deal with it every day and you've been saved for years. Amen. But there is a gift of the Holy Ghost that always causes me to triumph. Because when you're saved in this violent nature, it produces a violent community. And we don't just take things laying down. When you're saved under this type of gospel and the devil comes and tells you, amen, I'm going to take your stuff. You'll say, I gave my stuff when I got saved, amen. When he comes and tempts you. Are you listening to him? When he comes and tries to tempt you with things, you'll look him in the eye and say, are you kidding me? Amen. I fought through that to get in this kingdom. Amen. I found out those who die well live well. (laughs) Those who die well live well. The devil can't come threaten me of my life. Are you kidding, devil? I done gave my life. Oh my God, I wish somebody listened to me. That's why you're falling at every whim. That's why every woman walks by and you fall into adultery. Not you, but some people, you know what I'm saying. Amen. That's why we can't control programs or anything else. It's because we didn't come into this kingdom violently. We slipped into a church, sat on a pew, and started getting Jesus teaching. 
Uh, we never went through the cross of Jesus Christ to where I surrendered all and, and I violently humbled myself and came into this kingdom as a dead man. He said, okay. Now I need you to give up everything. That young man dropped his head, walked off because he had much stuff. And Jesus turned to his disciples and said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a man who's attached to this world to get into heaven. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to use that rich man thing because you say, whew, that leaves me out. No, he was attached to his stuff. He was attached to his stuff. And Jesus said, I'm telling y'all. And what's amazing to me, Jesus didn't stop him on the way. Wait, 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 don't leave. Don't leave. What I really meant was, you helping me come on? Help me come on. I'm in a bind here. What I really meant was, you know, just get Jesus in. Don't worry about being devoted. Don't worry about keep, be committed. Go ahead and keep all your stuff. Just send your ties in. He let that man walk off and turned and said, I'm telling y'all right now, it'll be easier. You know what? That, that's a, what do you call it? Hyperbole? Hyperbole? Yeah. Hyperbole. That's a hyperbole is what it is. Don't laugh, you didn't know what it was either. It's a hyperbole. You didn't know either, did you? Hyperbole. It, using a great exaggeration to get my point across to you. He said, if you are that attached to you, and you're that attached to your will, and your way, and your desires, he said, it'd be easier for a camel, which was the biggest animal they saw in, in that part of the country, to go through an eye of a needle for you to get into the kingdom of heaven. I, I need you to help me tell your neighbor, don't be mad, he's preaching Jesus. He's, he's preaching Jesus. This is the message Jesus preached. This is the message Jesus preached. And God spoke to him and said, the reason you got all your counseling classes and you're constantly counseling someone not to fall in love, out of love with me. You're constantly having to have your little marriage seminars. Oh, this is crazy. I've never heard this stuff before. To try to talk you into loving your wife properly and you into loving him properly is because you didn't get salvation right. Because true salvation takes care of everything. Because you die from the beginning. Because you die from the beginning. And a dead man don't commit adultery. And a dead man don't run around on his wife. And a dead man don't have lustful eyes. He said, the reason you're trying to prop up flesh is because you didn't preach. Fight to get in this kingdom. Strive to get into this kingdom. Press your way into this kingdom because yes, it hurts. Yeah. 
Yes, it's the straight way. And it's the narrow way. It actually says it's a pressed way. He said, but that way leads to abundant life. I'm telling you. People are listening to me preach even in this building right now that are not born again. We got another Jesus and another gospel. So I'm constantly plagued by the lust of the flesh and the things of the life. I'm not telling you when you get saved, you'll never have another thought or you'll never. But because you came in violent, you now take everything by violence. Are you listening to me? You didn't come in weak need. You come in violent. So you, you address things violently. I'm going to have to applaud myself. I'm going to amen myself. <laughs> but I'm going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. I've tried to get it to go another way. It will not. This is what Jesus said. He said, if any man be in Christ, he is a brand new. I just learned, you know what that means? That don't mean that you altered some Directives. That don't mean you kind of started going to church on Sunday. New creature meaning when you're truly born again, something is born in this world that didn't exist 30 seconds prior. Wow. A whole new creature was brought into existence. That's what it means to be born again. It's salvation is equivalent to the baby being born that has to start twisting because it's time to go to the next dimension. Don't let me forget about Jacob, okay? It, it's, it's, it's being born again, it's just like being born the first time. Amen. That baby can sit up there on his little throne all he wants to for nine months. Uh, he can kick and mama moves for nine months. But when it comes time for transition to go from that dimension to another one, that little fella goes to work. And he starts spinning. And he starts turning. And he starts getting face down. Is anybody listening to me? He starts getting head down. Which is the only way you're going to come into this kingdom. Amen. And it's a pressed way. I don't know, but I've been told that. I don't know, but I, I've been told that. <laughs> I'm sorry. See, that flesh is always trying. Amen. Are you listening? That it's the closest the, the mama or the baby ever comes to death because it's such a pressed way to leave one dimension to get into another dimension and there ain't but one way to make your exit and that's with your head down in worship form in humble form I'm showing you what salvation looks like you gotta come out head first Tell your neighbor, you got to come out head first. Amen. You got to come out head first. You got to come out with a new mind and a new heart. It's a brand new creation. Amen. And he's coming through the tightest. It's violent. Birth is violent. Y'all ever seen it? 
I'm sorry, ladies. Oh, I'm telling you, it's violent. It's violent by nature. Things are breaking and popping and stretching. Are you listening to me? But he says, I'm leaving this dimension to go into another dimension. It ain't a walking up to a church. It ain't joining the Bible study. It ain't just getting in a Bible club. Amen. Jacob said, I am not letting you go until you change me. That's what salvation looks like. I know you're thinking, my God, am I fighting God? No, you're fighting you. You're fighting the flesh. You're fighting the devil. He said, okay, what's your name? I'm Jacob. I'm Jacob. I'm Jacob. Huh? Oh, you can slip right in here. Hold on to our sins. and I don't want to confess. Are you listening to me? There ain't but one way to get out of that world into this world, your dream. I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I'm a thief. That's what Jacob was saying. I'm a thief and I can't help it. It's my nature. It's my identity. I just lie and I can't help it. But I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm telling you a picture of Old Testament salvation. I'm not going to let you. It's okay. This is what I've been waiting on. That's why we had a fight all night long. Amen. Someone else would have let you in without your confession of who you are. And you would have brought who you were. Come on now, I'm trying to work this thing. And you would have brought everything that you are into this kingdom and you would have been in bondage all your life. So Jacob, you had to separate some things. You had to put family aside. You had to put your stuff aside and you had to go across Jabbok. Jabbok means an emptying and a pouring out. In other words, I can't pour my kingdom in until you have poured out everything that you are because you are ugly, you are nasty, you are depraved, you are addicted. Is there anybody in this place? You by nature are an enemy to God. That's what Paul preached. But no, we don't pour Jesus on me so I don't have to pour this stuff out of me. Just pour some Jesus on me. Well, it'll have to be another Jesus. Because he said, I won't move in. I won't come in an unclean temple. I'm not, I'm not dwelling in no unclean temple. It's somebody I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. I think, I, I think I'm going to have a breakthrough. I think I'm going to be born again. Anybody else? Amen. Are you listening to me? That's why we got such weak need churches. And we're raising up kids to be weak and fragile. And we got to protect them and preserve them. Because they don't know the violence of salvation. Violent salvation produces a violent community and a violent community takes the community. Let me forget Jacob. God told that woman in the beginning, what was her name? In Genesis? Eve, the one that ate the apple. What was her name? He said, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to cover you. But I'm going to do something for you. It's going to be the greatest thing I could ever do for you. I'm going to put enmity between you and your enemy. He said, you've been living with the devil. I don't know how long they lived in the Garden of Eden, and you don't either. Amen. But they cohabited with the devil all those years and was okay with it. 
they was okay with it. Am I right about it? I don't know how long, but they was okay with that thing walking around in the garden. Whatever it was, was snake. I don't know what it was. That devil, amen. And they co-lay, they co-inhabited. My God, we got to do some teaching on what you are tolerating to live in your house right now. And he double double. And then that TV program hadn't bit you yet. That music hadn't bit you yet. That language hadn't, oh, you just cohabitate with it because you stay in your place. But I'm telling you, he's waiting for the moment to talk you out of your kingdom. He's waiting for the moment. I am spitting like a madman. He said, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to make you hate him and he's going to hate you. Are you listening to me? He didn't say, I'm going to run around behind you and say, scatter devil, scatter devil, scatter devil. No, I'm going to give you a hatred for the devil because this is a violent kingdom and the violent take it by four. The best thing I could ever do for you is to make you hate your flesh, hate your addiction, hate the bullshit, to hate who you are. Amen. For unless you're willing to lose your life, your problem is you love you and your complacent self. Can I preach today like an apostle? That's your problem. You cohabiting with things you should have fought. Oh, God, y'all got to hear Kamal's messages. Amen. But because you was preached a gospel that it's okay, Jesus understands, you let him have a, you built a room on for him. And Kamal preached that it don't lead to nothing but bondage. So no, no, because no man of God had to in, the guts to have the guts to stand in front of you and tell you you become a slave to everything you submit to you become a slave to every thought you let run wild in your mind you gotta strive to live I don't preach on heaven much and this is why it's still early y'all because I'm sick of preachers getting up and stirring up a crowd because you get gates of pearl and streets of gold. That is another Jesus and another gospel and another spirit. If you want to go to heaven because of the house that your husband lives in, I wouldn't want to be married to you. Did you hear what I said? You can't stir me up with streets of gold, gates of pearl, all these rubies. Oh, I can't wait to get to heaven. Why don't somebody preach when Jesus comes? He's coming, amen, to pick up his bride. And I'm going to be united to Jesus. Who cares if the streets are gold? If I get Jesus. That very gospel is narcissistic and it appeals to rich people that are addicted to stuff. I cringe when people start trying to stir me up over gates of pearl. Why don't you preach, I finally get to see him. Why don't you preach, I'm going to stand before Jesus. And I know what he's going to say when I get there. You want to know why? Because I have fought, and I have pushed, and I have strived to enter into his kingdom. And he's going to say, enter in, Dean Love, my beloved servant. 
In every battle I won, Mike Smith, every battle I won. Amen. It's not going to be a trophy of a badge of honor. It's going to be a crown, Kobe Priest. It's going to be a crown because I didn't take the Broadway. I didn't take the Broadway that leads to destruction. I squeezed. Squeezed. I gave up a business. I gave up a lucrative business. I ain't even trying to... I gave it up. I gave it up. I walked off to it. I sold everything I had. I was, I could have been set like you can't even believe. Amen. A logging business growing, prospering. <laughs> and Jesus came and said, I want you to give it up. Amen. I got something booked. More important than you being rich and wealthy. Amen. I walked off that job. I got my little family and we begin to squeeze. You don't think I had to strive to get in? Keep me on track. I got too many thoughts running. Where was I? Keep me on track, baby. Stay with me. Where was it going, Josh? Jacob, yeah. Your problem is you was preached a non-violent gospel, so you don't know how to be violent. Well, okay. I thought I was going to get deliverance, but okay. <laughs> I'm just Jacob. My daddy called me Jacob. They named me Jacob. I've been Jacob all my life. I've stole. I've lied. So I've, I've wrestled all night long. <laughs> Amen. And, and, and I ain't getting nowhere, so I must be Jacob. That's your problem. Amen. You think deliverance is some shiny-headed preacher walking up and anointing you with oil. Amen. Somebody lied to you. It's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's another gospel. It's another spirit. It's another Jesus. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven suffered violent and the violent. Take it. I'm not snatching it out of the hands of God, but I'm snatching it out of the hands of a thief. <laughs> You're not violent enough. You, you submit. You succumb because you just thought Jesus is supposed to do everything. Yeah, well, I got one for you. This gets worse as we go. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. God said, I'll get him. I'll find out how serious you are about deliverance. God kicked him in the leg. <laughs> he said, I'll see how serious you are. I'll see how serious. He knocked his, he touched the thigh. That is the strongest point of a man's body is that muscle right there. And God said, I'm going to bring you down to the lowest common denominator because when we leave this altar, you're going to be another person. <laughs> is anybody listening to me? You ain't joining some church and getting in a member's class somewhere. He said, I'm going to bring you all the way down to where there's nothing left in you. Amen. You ain't got no strength yet. You can't carry yourself anymore. He said he touched his hip, knocked it out. And he's out of joy. He's still fighting. He said, the angel said, you got to let me go. You got to let me go. It's becoming. He said, no, sir, I ain't letting you go till you change me. What if you got that element? What if you was taught that's what the true kingdom looks like? Are y'all listening to me preach these scriptures? That's what Jesus said this kingdom looks like. 
Amen. It looks like a battlefield. That's what it looks like. Amen. It looks like a battlefield. Amen. And the only thing that makes me fight is I know that through this gate, it leads to life. Your deliverance is on the other side of your violent attack. He said, okay, we're getting somewhere. What's your name? The Bible says if you confess your faults to one another, you can be healed. You don't think that angel didn't know his name? Because I believe it was Jesus. You? Thank you, teacher. You think he, the omniscient didn't know his name? I just need you to confess what you really are so you can be really saved. You're so full of pride, you're going to slip in here and hide your stinking self and me apply another Jesus to you? He said, huh, I need to know who you are. I need you to confess who you are. I'm Jacob, I'm a sinner, I'm a liar, I'm a thief. He said, now you ready. He said, now no more. Today, I'm going to give you another name. Now, if he wouldn't have went through the process, he would have stormed out of there mad. You mean I don't get money? You mean I don't get stuff? I don't get new houses? A better car? A little bubble I'm going to live in because I'm a Jesus person? Yeah, if he hadn't went through the proper process, y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. That's what we're teaching and preaching today. He said, no, I'm going to give you something way more valuable than all that. I'm going to change your identity. I'm going to change your nature. I'm going to change who you are. From now on, you're Israel because you have fought with God and won. What do you do with these scriptures? Are they in your Bible or not? You have prevailed. And then, when you, then everybody knew, Gracie, everybody could tell Israel from way off because he walked like this. <laughs> Can I tell you, true salvation will leave you with a limp. <laughs> oh my God, that's so real. If you don't walk different, you found the wrong Jesus. Well, I go to church and read my Bible, say prayer on my meal. I said if your character hadn't been changed, you got a wrong Jesus. Somebody preached another gospel and they had some other spirit with them. And if Jesus comes, my brother and sister, with all the love I can muster up, you're going to go to hell. And when that door shuts, when that door shuts, you're going to say, I'm ready for the narrow. But it's too late. It's too late. Come on now, I've I'm, I'm, got to get this preached right. You mean after I get saved, I'm never, ever going to have another temptation? The devil is a liar. Can somebody be honest right now? 
Because what I love about from their own, even I think even over into the New Testament, God would talk about Jacob, and in one passage he'd call him Jacob, and in another passage, you ever know, he'd call him Israel. He's always reminded you of that dual personality. Yeah, he's always reminded you that there is another person there that has to be dealt with violently every day. He said, matter of fact, take the most violent instrument known to mankind and take it with you everywhere you go. It's called a cross. Take it everywhere you go because old Jacob is going to try to stick his head up. But because you came into this community violently, fighting ain't nothing new to you. Oh my God. Ain't nothing new to you. Came in this thing fighting, sir. Excuse me, Pastor. Thank you for your word of encouragement, but I don't need you following me around. Telling me don't touch that. Don't taste that. No, I'm thank you, sir, but I'm good. Came in fighting. I know how to fight. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.